0: SAFM, Night Dog, walking you to the ballot
1: box, Bertha Charuma on SAFM.
0: And it is Night Talk. I'm in for Oliver Dixon. And uh, talking about going to the polls, of course, we all know that the president has finally given given us a date. May 29, we go to the polls and we do what needs to be done. Uh, But the big question is, look, there are a lot of new time, or should I say first time, first time voters. Do you even know uh, what are the expectations when you get there? Are you well acquainted with how you're going to go ahead and do this thing? But on the line um, to help me unpack um, is Michael Hendrikse, Western Cape Head of IEC. Good evening and welcome to Night Talk.
1: Hi, good evening, Bert, and good evening to your listeners.
0: Thank you so much for making time for us this evening. Well, we're talking about, you know, what constitutes free and fair elections answering you know many questions you know you may have ahead of upcoming that's uh, may 29 2024 elections so according to the independent electoral commission uh the following is required um, i mean the following is required for a free and fair election um to help us understand you know the conversation better you will be able to do that for us um Look, a lot of people sometimes feel a little bit jittery to say, look, are we not going to experience violence? Are we not going to be intimidated? Is it going to be a safe environment? But maybe my very first question is, what constitutes a free and fair election?
1: Uh, thanks, Bertha. I think, yes, it is. It's a very, very important uh, topic. Um, I think, firstly, one, you have to understand that free and fair is, is basically a value judgment. You're not necessarily to have a tick box and say, okay, if I do one, two, three, therefore automatically uh, it's going to be free and fair. So it's a whole combination of, of, of uh, elements, um, as our constitutional court has said. For example, uh, you know, these elements include one, uh, um, which sometimes we take for granted, which is universal adult suffrage, where every citizen adult citizen has the right to vote and, and that is set out in our constitution um you also have the right to vote in secret and also that every vote must have equal value in other words you know if, if you cast a vote your your, your ballot shouldn't be uh, carrying carry more weight than than my ballot for example or in in some cases you have a situation where um, well in the old days where for every property you owned you had a vote you know and so the rich people have more votes than the poor people because uh, if you don't have any even have property you won't even have a vote so i think those are some of the critical areas it's also about making sure that um, there's a freedom to contest elections that every citizen has a right to stand and to vote and, and also to be voted for um in the elections and that is why it's so important in those upcoming elections we are going to have for the first time independent candidates who can also contest seats. Both in our provincial legislatures and in and for our national assembly. So I think that is critical. And lastly, it's also about uh, um, uh, equality of opportunity, where political parties and candidates must have the ability to compete with one another on relatively equal terms. So those are some just some of the elements. But at the end of the day. I think there's there's issues of, for example, transparency is going to be important, accountability. Um, also, that there's going to be certainty in terms of the processes that we have. That is why our laws that we have for elections are so detailed, down to the fact that it will actually specify which finger it has to mark. Why? Because you need to make sure that the rules are uniform across the country, that everybody understands those rules and that there's no, no element of subjectivity in terms of how we as the IEC apply the law or you as the voter experience, uh, experience voting. Mm.
0: And, I mean, there are also very, very clear laws, Um, you know covering the elections and many of us are not even well acquainted with them i know sometimes we think we know our rights but it's always important to articulate these rights so that whoever um wants to go and whoever is going to vote really knows and understands uh you know the expectations in terms of behavior
1: no no for sure and i think firstly and, and it's critical i mean that's why also in our legislation um we, we for example have a code of conduct which all contestants, those are now independents, political parties, supporters and, and, and members of political parties, have to comply with. For example, one, you need to ensure that you you engender tolerance of views. Uh you know, you cannot have no go areas. In the past you I'm sure you or your listeners have heard that certain areas are sort of no it belongs to that party, and nobody is going to have, or or people don't allow other parties to put up posters <coughs> in a particular area. Even to the extent that in certain areas you couldn't even rent or, or hire a venue or a wall, for example. And those are all things that is uh, an anti-democratic uh, uh, behaviour, and and we we frown upon that. And therefore, the Lord says no, but you're not allowed to do that. So I, I think also very importantly, your voters must understand that you have a right to choose. Nobody must force you to, whether it's patriarchal, whether it's employment, whether it is in any way uh, any person in authority, cannot force you to vote in a particular way. Because even if they think they can, at the end of the day, when you go into that booth, it's only you and the ballot. Nobody else knows how you're going to mark because there's no number on there, there's no name, the voter's name doesn't appear, and so nobody knows how you vote. And I think that is also critical. So especially for first-time voters, do not worry. Once you get your ballots, you will go and make your mark. Nobody's going to be watching you. You fold your ballot and you insert it in the ballot box. Nobody will know how you voted
0: and um you know whilst we whilst we're talking about you know being safe and all that, we've experienced intimidation, you know violence, killings as well in the process where sometimes, you know, you, there you are, you're thinking you're safe. What role does, um, you know, the IEC play in terms of making sure that you are very, very secure? I know you say you get into the ballot box and, and you put your cross where you put your cross and it's a, it's your secret, but sometimes you do get people outside before you even get uh, to, 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 to do what you need to do where they say, we know, we know. And you're not sure. Do they really know? Yes, you could be telling us, no one knows, but somebody else says, we know, and they're waiting for you. Is there any any, any sec- security that you most probably offer by any chance?
1: But those people are lying. That's the simple truth. I explained to you what the process is. So, yes, anybody can lie outside and say, oh, we know and we have ways to find out and stuff like that. Mm. I I just showed you and if you have gone through the voting process, you will know for a fact that there is no way that somebody knows how you voted. There is no way that uh, um, people will be able to determine, oh, that vote is yours and this vote belongs to Michael and that was Bertha's vote. There is just no way they can do it. So people that that are saying that are actually telling, uh, lying to you. And in fact, uh, you know, people are reckless when they make these assertions which actually impact on the freeness and fairness of our democracy. And I I think, uh, uh, you know, those are sort of, uh, um, when people do that, there's an obligation on our citizens to call out those particular individuals um, and remember also if you are being threatened in any way or intimidated you can lay a charge with the police um, we have a criminal justice system and that is the process you follow the IEC is not a police force. We do not investigate offences. We cannot, in fact, uh, investigate offences because the Constitution is very clear in terms of who runs it. So go and lay your charges. And if if those charges are investigated, the prosecuting authority, the NPA, will ensure that those persons are prosecuted. We've had a number of cases where people have actually been prosecuted and been found guilty of of electoral offences. But it starts with a citizen. It starts with the fact that somebody has to say, I'm going to now go lay a complaint, I'm going to go to the police station, and I'm going to lay a charge. Mm. You you can't come to the IEC and say, IEC, go lay a charge on my behalf, because the law doesn't work that way. The law requires you that have been uh, injured or you that have been harmed, you are the one who is the complainant. Please, and and we urge any citizen who has gone through the situation, Um, you know, we work very closely with African police forces and other role players, to ensure that our voting stations are, are safe, that voters can come uh, and vote in, in, in safety. Um, and, and we've succeeded that to a large extent. Yes. There will be incidences, and and those we have to deal with, and and the IEC together with uh, South African police services uh, do respond to those particular threats. But again, it's about at the end of the day the citizens doing uh, the right thing. But also importantly, um, you know those people doing that outside of a voting station that you've referred to, those people are supporters of a of a of a candidate or of a party or their members. So it, there's a there's an overall responsibility on the political parties too, to ensure that they keep their members in line. You you can't just go out and, and, and create havoc uh, and then sit back and say, well, let's see what the elections are going to turn up at the end of the day. So I think there's a joint responsibility. Yes, the IEC has a role to play. Uh, so African police has a role to play. But so do citizens and more especially so do political parties.
0: Mm. I do have a voice uh, voice note that has just come through. Let's go to the voice note.
1: Good evening,
0: Bertha, and good evening to your guests in the studio. Uh, this is Vusi from Loli in the south of Joburg. Bertha, can you please ask your guest, uh what is the minimum threshold, you know, to say uh, percentage-wise, if if a certain number of people don't turn out for the vote, and then the vote is uh, not free and fair, or rather, it is it is null and void. I hear in, in other countries, they got something like that to say if there's... Maybe 40 percent of the turnout, and then it it, it is not void. I don't know if if in South
1: Africa we've got something like that. Thanks, Betha.
0: Thanks. I think um, did you hear that loud and clear?
1: Um, that's correct. Yes, um, I think firstly one um, the issue is not so much that there's a, a, a low voter turnout that that invalidates the election. There's not a specific uh, a number or a percentage that you get to. I think what the, the the listener may be referring to is where in certain countries the winner needs to actually obtain more than fifty percent of the vote. In other words, you may have a runoff. So, in other words, if there's two parties that are contesting or two two candidates who are contesting, or, or uh, and they Or even more than two, maybe five, and then they say, "Okay, nobody's got fifty percent of the vote. Nobody's reflecting the majority. We're going to have a runoff election." Um, This is often often happens with presidential elections. South Africa do not do not have presidential elections because uh, we do not vote directly for president. President is chosen uh, by the members of parliament in after the election. But there there is no specific uh, sort of threshold that says if you receive. Um, you'd have, for example, in, in, in and, and we've never got to that stage But um, in terms of our voter turnout. Um, but for example, in Britain, there was at one stage, uh, a government was formed with 37% of the vote in favor of that particular party. So um, it, it really comes down to the fact that at the end of the day, um, we want our citizens to participate in the election so that the government that is chosen actually reflects the will of the people. Um, in, in the country.
0: Mm. I, I've got Percy online in, in the Northwest. Percy, good evening and welcome to Night Talk. Good uh, evening. It's better and I guess Mike. Uh, Mike, I want to ask you something man, uh, about IEC because of IEC this thing every time when you go to LECN, it keeps continuing. Why IEC, when it comes to job opportunity, they're appointing people who are working, especially members of KIN, uh, union uh, for the, the teachers, let me tell the teachers,
1: Thank you, Percy. I, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions that that, that is out there: the fact that uh, we apparently uh, employ uh, um, teachers, mostly teachers. If you if you look at our, our overall statistics that we have when it comes to elections, and I'm talking specifically voting station staff, more than half of the of the of the, uh, the persons that we employ are in fact. Unemployed, um, and and the number of teachers we employ are, are very very few, comparatively speaking. Remember, we have close to two hundred thousand uh, uh, voting staff, hundred and eighty thousand between hundred eighty and two hundred thousand staff, and and the number of teachers amongst them is extremely extremely low. So I think it is a perception which is run out there by political parties to create the impression that listen, teachers for some reason teachers are are are, are not uh, partial, impartial, they are not independent, and I think that is unfair. Uh, to make a generalization based on somebody's profession you know it's almost like saying let's have guilt by association because you belong to that church therefore you automatically are incompetent or because you uh, uh, belong to that profession you are therefore therefore so i think but to to, to percy i think um it is not in fact so the, the majority of people that we that we hire for our voting stations are in fact unemployed we in fact also go out and ask young people uh, uh, to to, to apply for for work with the IEC because we are keen to also ensure that young people come and work during the election period.
0: Are you answered, Percy? I think he is. You know, I'm coming back to to you, uh, Michael. Social media has become, it has just infiltrated everywhere. Can someone Mm. take a selfie Mm. whilst they are doing their thing?
1: No, definitely not. Um, Specifically, we have, uh, um, there's actually provision in our regulations that specifically prevent that because what we were finding is exactly that. Uh, For some reason, people think that they can take a picture of their ballot or or how they vote and then they go out and whether they're getting a reward or whatever, uh, that is completely unacceptable because it intrinsically and extensively infringes on the secrecy of the ballot. Uh, you are not allowed to to, to do that. Uh, And that's why what we're also doing nowadays is, you will notice, uh, Bertha, that uh, in stations, we're even turning the, the, the booths around a bit. You know, it's almost like the ATM style. So people can see your back, As you're making the mark instead of you going around, because we want to ensure that anybody taking photos of their ballot paper, it is an offense, it is not allowed, and we want to stop that from happening because it can just lead to all kinds of uh, nefarious uh, purposes why people are doing that.
0: Mm. And uh, just coming back to you know the budget speech that um, you know took place this afternoon, um, the you know finance minister allocated two hundred million mm. for political funding. How is this going to be mm. distributed, and you know how then is it going to be accounted for?
1: Look, I think there's a there's a there's a pretty uh, wide ranging uh, legislative scheme in place with regard to public funding in terms of the funding that we receive. Uh, from from Parliament and then we 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 distribute it amongst political parties that are represented in Parliament and the legislatures according to a fixed formula. So it's not the IEC that just divides up. So we take into account, for example, the number of seats that you have. Uh, to ensure that uh, there's also relative to to the to the size of the uh, of your representation in parliament or in the legislature, so I think that is the first thing secondly, there is a, a, a rigid regime of accounting of by political parties it's not just them taking the money uh, they have to account they're their chief financial officers they need to have audited books that they re- that they come back and show to the i e c Um, They have to declare uh, whatever, uh, how they've used the money, uh, because there's also certain limitations on what they can use that money. Uh, um, that is received because essentially it is about ensuring that that you can strengthen your political party's uh, sort of apparatus in terms of training, etc. But you can't just go use that money willy-nilly for for whatever purpose. So that money is managed and strictly accounted. And if you you watch Bertha um, or or, or note, if you go on our website, we regularly publish reports in terms of how that money was distributed and how it was accounted for by all the political parties.
0: Mm. And then lastly, in wrapping up, now, we've seen a lot of parties come up. And just to give you an example mm. of where I'm going with this mm. conversation, we've got mm. Rise mm. and Arise, very similar, mm. although the logos are different, but even the colors can confuse you a bit. We've got the ANC, Umkonto, mm. Esizwe, we've got EFF, and then we've got Economic Liberation Forum and EFF that looks mm. rather similar. Mm. How, how do you mm. then, if, if I'm a voter, and especially my, if I'm a first-time voter, I can easily get misled.
1: No, no, for sure. That is why you'll see also our ballot paper will be um the symbols etc will be in colour. So you can clearly first firstly distinguish uh the logos in colour. Um, you know, when a when a party registers, we we look at the total uh, uh, package. We look at their name, we look at their abbreviation, and we look at their their symbol or, or uh, that they use. Uh, and we are very much aware of the fact that one of the, the the considerations we can take into account in refusing to register a party is if it will uh, um, you know reasonably confuse confuse a reasonable voter. Um, so um, you must also understand, Bertha, that. Uh, you can't always claim sole rights to a name, you know, uh, like or African, because I've got the word African. Nobody else can use it or uh, democratic or so. It's a rather, it's a rather combination, and whether at the at the end of the day, looking at the symbols, looking at the at the abbreviation, that will somebody really be confused? And if you look at what you what you're voting at, and and, and just literally take your time, you will actually see the difference between the party logos and the abbreviations. Um, so I think sometimes because we pronounce it, we'll say oh A I C uh, A N C A M C. It sounds when you say it in, in, in uh, uh, verbally, you may say, but it sounds the same. Mm. But remember, on the ballot paper, you're looking at at things. So I think, uh, but but I, I I would urge voters also just take a take a couple of more seconds and and don't rush. Don't rush when you go into the booth. Uh, but also, don't take too long but uh don't don't uh, don't be so quick. you just walk in and say, "Oh, okay, that one, and then you see because remember also um, this time brother, we're also going to be having independents contesting the election so yeah. your 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 range of, of of choices are actually much broader this time around, so yeah. clearly voters should take a bit of time go through it. And and see what is where and where is the party that you want to vote for? You, you will find it there, yeah. or you will find the independent there. Michael, um, just just take your time.
0: Yeah, Michael. Unfortunately, we have to leave it at this point because I need to now cross over to the de- to the news desk. Thank you so much for joining us this evening and Thank chatting to her. us. That's Michael Hendrikse, Western Cape head of IEC. Greg is on standby for the news. Just gone after eleven.
1: Independent and.